Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast, it's episode 84, 1984, like George Orwell, but we've got kind of triple think rather than double think, all the way up to 11, I would say, Josh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I thought we were a quadruple think, but I mean, if we're still on triple think, we can save quadruple think till next week, I guess. Yeah. I, I welcome along everyone, I'm Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and the gentleman over there is... Uh, I'm Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. We are available on Acast and on Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and listen to us there. You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud, and uh, there's Lee at bloodandmud.com, and there's bloodandmud.com, and there's a Facebook page and all that, but I imagine you all know that already, but where do people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, this is at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch, which you, you also probably know, but... Well, judging by I mean, the amount clearly... of, you know, feedback we get, to be fair, and thank you everybody who takes the time to give us feedback and suggestions and tell mm. us that we're wrong or right or whatever, thank you very much, you, because it's very, very welcome to know we're not just Always. shouting into an abyss. Yes, because I do enough of that as it is anyway. <laughs> yes, so. that's like my marriage, and I don't want that, you know, on this podcast. Um <laughs> So let's get on with this week. Lots to talk about. What a weekend it was. Very good weekend, I thought. It was a bloody good weekend for rugby, wasn't it? Let's be honest, there are some weekends you sit there on a Monday and you think, oh, what am I going to think of talk about? Because I'll be honest, it was a struggle this weekend a bit, but this wasn't one of those weekends. No, it wasn't. It was an eventful, exciting weekend where good games happened and there was shit that went down and... Yeah, it was. That's almost like what the Champions Cup is supposed to be. Yes. So let's address that shit that went down as we go through. So here we go. Uh, we will first of all, as we always do, do a player spotted where we ask people to send in. What? We've got so many of these coming in now. I've I've got them. I've had to like 
you know, I've had to, you know, like in McDonald's drive-through, I've had to like say, "Can you park yes. up while I bring your burger to you?" It's kind of like that. <laughs> You've put them on the grill order. I have Brilliant. put them in in bay parking one and two. <laughs> and how do they know? How do they know which car to come to? Do they take a I photo of you? you? I didn't. I didn't even park in the grill order the other night. Right, because the grill orders were full because they were having a brilliant time. Having a mare, yeah. And and somehow they just came out and knew who I was and brought my food. I was like, this is weird. Don't like it. You're not telling me we're not all being surveilled. Let's move on. Speaking of being surveilled, <laughs> have you spotted any players? You can let us know at Blood and Mud or just lay at bloodandmud.com because they usually tend to be longer than 140 characters, these. Yes. Michael Hemming emails at Lee at bloodandmud.com and he said, Whilst living it up in late 90s Uplands, Swansea in my student days. I like it already. Heady days, yeah. It's a strong start, I like it. (laughs) It's a great start. We were in that glorious period where the Welsh media couldn't make up its mind whether the new Millennium Stadium would be finished in time for the World Cup. I remember those days. I remember those days because I lived on Tudor Street in Cardiff, so I walked past it to work every single (laughs) day. You could make a... a, a... I could do a survey report. If we had a, appraisal. If, yeah. we had a, if we had a podcast then, I could give live updates. The, um, <laughs> Not so, finished yet. <laughs> yeah. The sad thing was I never quite got the whole impact of not seeing it then seeing it because I just saw it going up kind of scaffold by scaffold, so you didn't mm. miss the count. But anyway, back to what Michael's telling us. One yes. weekend, along with my accompanying hangover, I was walking out of the newsagents with a Sunday paper in hand, not really paying much attention, turned out the door and walked straight into Colin Charvis. Bumped, bounced off his considerable torso, mumbled an apology and scarpered before he had time to work out what had happened. He finishes with, I know you love these dolls. This should be right up your street. Yes. Because yeah. that is it. Walked out, I bumped it's into him, then walked off. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's not even like it's modern Colin Charvis crusading against Swansea Council for digging up the road outside his carpet shop or anything like that. Is that hang on a minute. There was a hell of a yeah. lot in that. So, <laughs> Yes, let me fill you in. Um, Colin Chavez, I think, owns like a flooring. Does he shop really in Swansea now? I'm 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 googling it as I speak in case this was a weird fever dream. Why are you that doing I that? I need I think no, you need Colin to. Chavis, it's called Colin Chavis flooring. Is that like Michael Madden cleaning services? You used to see them around Cardiff all the time. Michael Mad- Martin Madden had his own cleaning company, didn't he? Yeah. Well, Colin Chavis has got his own, and there was a dispute in 2013 where Swansea Council. Um, dug up the road outside his carpet and flooring shop to do some roadworks, and he basically parked his car in front of the diggers and refused to move it because he claimed that they were restricting access to his shop, and his car got towed. Brilliant. Colin Charvis, Civic Crusader. I like it. Incredibly petty Civic Crusader. Love it. Well, what I was going to say before you got onto that was that, actually, this is a good one. (laughs) Incredibly interesting story. Oh, yeah. This is a good one because I want to know out there, does anyone know of any ex-players, what are they mm. doing now? I'd like to find out yeah. the most mundane or most interesting job, I suppose. I mean, of course, loads of them are doing media and probably loads of them are like architects and things like that because yeah. let's be honest. Nobody, I don't care if he's a city trader. No, we not interested. Try, I want. Do you know of a player who's got some kind of job? So at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud.com or at Josh, Josh Gardner and let us know. Before we get into the weekend, one last thing. Last week, remember I talked about Threw it out to listeners about, has anyone got any ideas of who you'd like to be doing carpool karaoke with James Corden? Oh, yes. Rugby players in confined spaces with hmm. James Corden. Became a, a sort of mini hashtag. It did. But a very long hashtag, ironically. Um, so <laughs> here's some of the suggestions that we had. Matt Ford suggested oh, yes. uh, Sebastian Chabal after being told to play second row for France by Bernard Laporte. Excellent, yeah. yes. a lot of violence. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Matthewman said, Martin Johnson, while Rob Andrew reads extracts from his book. 
<laughs> yes. Um, Dave Garrick says, Alan Wynne-Jones immediately after a press conference with Steve Tandy following an Osprey's loss. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Obviously, um, we all want him, and, and Will, Will Matthewman and among others said simply, Trevor Brennan. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the obvious. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, so that's I mean, a lot for that, that. Who was that lad who abs- the New Zealand youngster who absolutely demolished Bernard Folian on Saturday afternoon that the clip's been doing the round? Him. Whoever yeah, he is. I can't remember his name. Yeah. No. This is the kind of on-the-point analysis that you need, <laughs> isn't it? That bloke who went <laughs> Bernard Folian, we can't remember his name. Right yeah. then, shall we get into some news? Yes. So what's been going on this week then? Well, um, as just before we came on air, um, I say just before, it was the ha- this afternoon, but who cares? And we're not technically on air now. Anyway. No. Um, <laughs> Yes, so uh, Simon Zebo is leaving Munster two years before a World Cup to uh, go and play in France. It's well, presumed. we don't know yet, do we? But we can it's, only well, guess that that's what it is. He has family in France. He speaks French. The money <laughs> apparently on off, on offer was um, nowhere near enough. Like they couldn't compete with it in uh, in an IRFU sense. So I'm guessing. That is probably France, isn't it? Is this the beginning of something bigger or the exception that proves the rule with Ireland? Because lots of people say, don't they, that Ireland, because of the jersey, because it's a regional thing and all that kind of stuff, that actually the big noise was made about Tideburn taking less money to go back than Scarlets were offering. I don't know if that was true. But I suppose, what do you reckon? Is this kind of, this is going to start happening more now? Or is it, like you said, because Zebo's got French family and he's probably thinking about his future and all that kind of stuff? I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of on beat, really. I mean, the the fact of the matter is that, yes, to an extent, the structure over in Ireland and the chance and the way that they're treated and tax breaks and all that sort of good stuff mm. keeps Irish players in Ireland. Ireland? Why did I do an accent there? That's terrible. Wow. Never do that again. That was weird. No, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> that was weird. How anyway. dare you do a dodgy accent on this wet on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely zero form for it, is there? Um. Yeah, but they are also compensated very well. Like, not as well as they might be in France or England, but very, very well, you know. Mm. And market value, shall we say. Yeah. And that's obviously the problem that Wales are having, is that they're trying to not pay them market value. But when Yeah, there's many ways you can offer... look at that as well, but yeah. Yeah, but the, when the big money offer comes in from from France, you know... It's it's they're like anybody else, you know. Johnny Sexton fucked off. <laughs> people, so, yeah. have convi- people do forget that. Don't they? Erased that from their minds, given that it was only eighteen months ago. But yeah, Johnny Sexton got made an offer he couldn't refuse and went. And they will always be susceptible to it. The, the difference is, I think, is that they're compensated well enough that it has to be a very, very, very good offer from a big French or English club to tempt them away. You know, Ian Madigan, same. You know, he could have carried on playing second fiddle at ten for Ireland, but Bristol made him a fucking well. And who, where the fuck was he? he? Was somewhere in France, and then he was in Bristol. Was he a Bordeaux Begler somewhere? Was he Bordeaux Begler? It was. Yeah, they made him an offer that he could not turn down, and all of a sudden he's like, "See you later." And it's yeah, you know, it's they're like anywhere else. The, the problem, these things will continue to happen until French teams start trying to poach English players, and then. That's yeah. when this will all kick off. Speaking but. of that, 
<laughs> Another piece of news this week yeah. is that England, oh, yeah. a, a ter- poor England, are very, very worried about people coming and poaching oh, their oh. players. I will say oh, that the, the story in the Telegraph used, and, and they keep using this uh, Ross Moriarty as an example. And I think that's quite disgraceful, really, given his lineage. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, to say big... that he's been poached is is quite is quite a leap. Yeah, he played for England under twenties because he was. So did Ryan playing... Giggs in the football because he was at school yeah. in England. That's the way it works. Yeah, and why are these players in school? Like all of the players that the Irish, the Scots, and the Welsh are trying to poach back are players who have, um, more often than not, Welsh, Scottish, or Irish by birth, and are being like Geraint John, the head of Welsh development, came out and quite rightly called massive bullshit on this whole thing and <laughs> the basic you know they're basically bypassing the concept of irony here let's let's not beat around the bush um because you go to any like age grade game of any significance in wales and in the stands will be fucking scouts for hartbury college and millfield yes and clifton college and all of these et places etc et yeah yeah all of these you know private schools in England with great rugby programs who also offer £35,000 a year private education and they will come to some fucking lad from Swansea or from the Valleys or from a shit bit of Cardiff and go would you like a private education that would cost your parents £35,000 a year for nothing and have access uh, to one of the best rugby to use the American access- term best sports programs in the business sort of yeah thing. exactly you know they have basically been mining particularly Wales but Scotland and Ireland as well, I would imagine, of schoolboy age talent for years and trying to sort of. And that's fair enough. You know, nobody loses there, do they? Because they get a private education. The Welsh or Irish players or Scottish players get a private education. They get to play rugby in a proper situation, and everyone everyone wins. But it's a bit rich to then come out and say, "Oh, well, he played England under 18s and you're poaching them." Well, no, because he's Welsh, mate. Yeah, he was. Well, it's the Callum Sheedy, Matt Prothero. Dilemma. You know, these are players, they're actively discouraging these players from representing Wales at age grade level. And you look at someone like Hugh Jones and he wouldn't pick because he wasn't big enough. What should yeah. he have done? Yeah. You know, should and he it's... have not played for Scotland then or should he have not gone to, to South Africa because basically. Well, exactly. It's ridiculous. It's pretty fucking rich when you've already got, by a country mile, the deepest player pool of any it's other team. It's also fan pretty fucking can... rich when you just take a look at the fucking makeup of the current senior squad. Well, I didn't want to go there, but yeah. Well, I'm going to go there. I'm English and whatever it is, yeah, what it is. Rules is rules on. and all that. Rules yeah. is rules and I'm quite happy for them to play if they want to play. But at the end of the day, we're However, quite happy to take them from fucking anywhere. Denny Solomona, he's not fucking English. Sorry. Yeah. I'm happy he wants to play. The rules are the rules, whatever, yeah. but it's just ridiculous. Nathan Hughes. That's <laughs> Manny Tuilagi. Both of the Vunipolas, who have more Welsh in them than they've got English. <laughs> Mako sounds properly Welsh. He does. Billy 100%. not quite so much, but Mako does. No, well, but that's because Billy went to Wasps early doors, whereas yeah, Mako yeah. stayed. Anyway, um, but yeah, you know, it is just it's amazing when the RFU. You know when it goes so hypocritical. You know when, it, when you know when they take this because these have to these have to be released by a PR company, don't they? By mm. the comms office. When they take that, go look. We need to get this story out there or whatever. What does nobody in the comms office go? This is a fucking disaster. What are you doing? Why don't you just <laughs> leave? Just leave it. Not going to go well. Let's not go here. <laughs> yeah. Let's stop getting knocked about the fact that Ross Moriarty, son of Welsh international Paul Moriarty, born and bred in Swansea, nephew of Richard Moriarty. <laughs> yes. yes, it's it's ah. Oh. 
Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, we don't agree. <laughs> I think we can probably no, leave it at I that. Think, yeah, I think the RFU can fucking jam it up its ass as far as everyone else in the rugby world is concerned. I think, look, I, I'm English, but as you know, I'm yeah. pro North Daily Mirror style left wing views. So much. I'm quite happy to bash the RFU as well up to a point. <laughs> um, as long as you keep delivering a winning team, I'm happy. Um, right, it's last just bit so of silly though. Last yeah. bit of news, uh, Andy Goode has been made patron of a charity that's lobbying for more use of the female demonym bird in everyday discourse. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's loving mean, it. That that does strike me as bang on his <laughs> relevant to his interest. Yeah, it was like the LIBOR rate thing the other week. He's taking yeah, a lot of these charity roles on. If there's an Andy Goode heat map, like it's smack bang <laughs> in the middle of that. <laughs> People who fill out the LIBOR rate and call women birds, he loves it. Um... <laughs> Right, should we move on to what we learned? Have you got any more? Yeah, we probably should actually. Yeah. It was a stacked weekend, and it I was, I, I learned quite a lot. I learned I learned a fair bit. Let, let me tell you what I learned, and this wasn't me to come this. I saw it on Twitter, but that that victory for Australia, by the way, in Blenheim's Low Three, what a game that was! Um, great game. Said that was the first Australian victory over a New Zealand professional rugby team in 512 days. Jesus Christ! Somebody somebody then piped up and said, "Well, what about the Australian women's sevens beat?" The New Zealand oh, and then, that does not count. Yeah, but then they came. No, but they came back and said New Zealand women's sevens are professional, so it definitely doesn't count. No. So basically, yes, oh. in professional rugby, that's the first time an Australian team have beaten a New Zealand one in five hundred and twelve days. Christ, there's a Cuthbert. There's, there's an Antipodean Cuthbert police on cup in there somewhere, isn't there? But they're really. I mean, it's patronising, but like Australia beating the All Blacks is not only very good for them. Yes. But it is quite good for rugby as well. It also, um, if you if you look at how. The way New Zealand New Zealand lost to Ireland mm. last year, and mm. then they've just lost it. That whole idea of how deep they are does start to get brought into question because actually, every time they've rotated the squad a bit, I know it's a small It'll... sample, but they've lost games. Yeah, and it, when they lost a couple to... of starters against the Lions, they lost games. Yeah, it, it, they have they've got very good players off the bench. Mm. Are those players necessarily? as good as when they're starting i don't know no we don't like to have that bench Absolutely. however coming up against fully seasoned international players and you know people in rare form like follow mm. played at the weekend is uh mm. is different follows yes. having the, the autumn off isn't he he is i mean i have I, one of the things that i learned actually was that um Australia have timed their annual journey from absolute shambles to world beaters just in time to come up north and hammer Wales as per usual. <laughs> um, I'm just quite glad they'll be doing it without Israel Folau this time, at least. It's like a handicap game. Is, that, is it like... better or worse? Would you rather, let's see, would you rather, would you rather lose to Australia with Israel Folau and go, oh yeah, but they have got Folau. Imagine losing when they haven't got Folau. I'm used to, I've had tasted all flavours of losing to Australia <laughs> in Cardiff true. in the autumn, mate. Yeah, none of them shock me. The anymore. full smorgasbord of losing to Australia yes. has been sampled. Yeah, the the many cheesed fondue of losing to the Wallabies <laughs> is is my bread, quite literally my bread on a stick. Come November. Uh, yeah, so that's it. One more thing from that game that I did learn is that in this mm. age of Hollywood hookers and cat flat passes, that drive yes. that Australia scored to win it, sometimes it is lovely to see just a catch, drive, spin it, getting just in the corner. Fucking, yes. Just, Beautiful. It, there was no messing. It was glorious. Proper stuff. Yes. Uh, things, Other things I learned. Um, he's got a lot of shit. Rightly so. Oh, I know where this is going. Go on. Ben Whitehouse could have done with a little bit of help <laughs> from anybody like else involved. 
basically all of his assistants and the TMO just went, nah, you're all right, mate. They, were, they literally like were nut. listening to him. They literally weren't yeah. even responding to his questions. No, they were just like, this game's gone to shit. You handle it. We don't want any of this reflected bollocks. I think he had it a was... nightmare. I do think he's in he trouble did. because every time he has a nightmare, the nepotism thing gets rolled out. Straight yeah. away, it's like you're only there because you fucking. That's that's like just below the surface, isn't it? That you're only there because you fucking dad. Yeah, and that 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 comes out maybe a bit too quickly. He did yeah, lose. He did. He did lose rugby, control rugby, of it. A bit. Oh yeah. Well, it was a game that was incredibly eventful. Yes, like, there is that, isn't there? You look at all the sort of things that went on, and to be honest with you, from the Lopez injury, Oof. which was fucking horrible, yeah. by the way. Like it kind of seemed like. He'd sort of realised that there were more important things in life than rugby, and he'd sort of had like a, a moment of clarity <laughs> where he just went, "Why the fuck are we doing this?" And for the rest of the game, he was very passive and very. It was almost like he was quite shook by that. I don't know whether he had. Yeah, but he was seen... all, But he was kind of passive aggressive, and you know? he was a bit passive, but then took then would explain in like intricate and mind numbing, ball busting detail about everything he was doing. Yeah, I don't know what that was. That was just fucking... But it, it did feel a little bit like he'd sort of... That thing shook him so much that he was like... I don't know, it just... Because he, he can be... When he has a, he has a good ref on his day... I can remember a couple of times has, on this pod last last year we were saying he looks quite a thing for the... Because he's still only 27, is he? Yeah, he's very young. But he just lost control of it by the end. And, yeah. you know, the players were a totally... <laughs> In open dis- revolt. Yeah, and it was just like it needed somebody with more experience and a firmer hand to... Um, to be honest with you, I can't think of many refs who would have got control of that game. That was a difficult game, whoever you were. Let's be honest, yeah, yeah I will Barnes say Barnes probably would have. Yeah. Like, test match referees, probably, with the exception of Marius Petraeus. Well, you've got... The, the um, trouble is, if you want to get to that level, you have you can only do your learning in the open, can't you? Mm. You can only referee games because games at that level are on telly. So you can't send somebody like him or any ref at that level. You can't send them to a park to learn how to ref Champions League, Champions Cup rugby, can you? No, exactly. And and occasionally a ref will have a bad game. Yes. And a lot of the time refs have bad games because there are only like, what, half a dozen test match referees in the world. There's only and... three professional referees in Wales. That's what I yeah. learned from the weekend. There's, there's, there's him, there's Nigel, and who's the other one? I can't remember. But there's only three. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. There's only one professional referee in Scotland. Yes, or maybe two this year. And there's one in Italy, and he's not even Italian. No, and <laughs> it's it, you know being a ref is like we fucking bang on about refs enough in like this sport. It's a fucking hard job, and as you say, the only way that you can become a better ref is to fucking fuck up. And They're the most important people on the howler. field. I, yeah. I I say that all the time. People say oh, that ref's yeah. acting like he's like the most like he's the most important person. I feel that's because he fucking is. Because yeah. without him, nothing happens. They can find any tin yeah. tin pot fucker to run around with the ball. We'll all do <laughs> yeah. it. None of us will fucking yeah. do that. Yeah. No, exactly. It's a shit job. Nobody wants it. Fair play to the people who do it. And also, the people who are saying that he robbed Northampton, you are fucking dog shit anyway. <laughs> you did not deserve to win that game. No. Regardless of tries chalked off, and I mean, tries he did just on. seem to spend about fifteen minutes talking at one point. I did actually tweet yeah. that there was a time was, before he started talking, and I can't it remember. It was it. interminable. It was just like, all right, Ben, stop now, stop it now, please, right. please okay. stop, Ben. Leave it. Yeah, what, I missed. You know our thing, my thing about people cheering opposition mistakes. 
Yes. The only acceptable time it is to do it is when New Zealand knock on after time has finished <laughs> and they all went batshit, the Australians, didn't they? They're actually yeah. fair enough. Because we all thought this is the fucking soul splinter is coming. Yeah, in, here it? we come. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was great. Yes. What else did I learn? Regardless of the five-day turnaround and the long journey, Scarlet should have done better. Yeah. They lost at home to a bath team containing Scott fucking Andrews. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, when you think about the Scarlets last year, they were a bit hot and cold throughout most of the season. And well, then they were in that game, judging by that try. Well, Boom. yeah. But they were hot. Like, they, they were very up and down. And then the weather got nice in about sort of end of March. And all of a sudden, they're the best team in the league. Hmm. And they still haven't solved that problem of what they do when conditions don't allow them to do their sort of Harlem Globetrotters thing to the same extent that they normally would. You know, it's this is why they're going to be signing Ross Moriarty in the summer because they need a fucking big lump like that yes. who can lead from the front when the weather is shit, basically. Um, yeah, but no, they should have won. Things to be you know, related to that game, actually. They've lost two games, um, haven't they? So he's kind of gone now, hasn't it? Yeah, Mike Glasgow gone. is they're, gone. You they're know. fucked. Same. Osprey's fucked. And that's kind of the that's kind of why we were saying that, like last week about how the Champions Cup should just be a straight knockout. It's like you lose two games, you're fucking done anyway. So you yeah, might you're as traveling well abroad just... just to. Yeah. You're basically zebra. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're quite. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they did quite well on the weekend, but yeah. Um, things that I learned: nobody knows if Reese Pres- Priestland is actually eligible for Wales now. I don't think Reese even knows. No, he doesn't know either. He said he doesn't know. As he come out and said, I don't, I don't know where I stand. No. And a mate, a mate of mine responded with five metres from the scrum and ten metres from the line out. <laughs> Do you not know very that? Good. Very good. Which is very good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know if he is eligible or not. He should be because he was fucking excellent for Bath. Well, were... people forget. He's people, very good. A lot of people say, don't they, I don't understand why he's so maligned in Wales and stuff. And it did go too far. But the fact is, yeah. he was a mental shambles for about 18 yeah. months. He, he was, was completely fragile and would completely yeah. go to pee. It was very, very sad to watch. Didn't stop me from mm-hmm. taking the piss out of it, obviously, but it, it was very, very, very sad to watch because he, if you go back to 2011, he was fabulous. Yeah, and he can still be that when he's on form and confident. And it's clear that he is confident right now and he is once again looking like the best fly half Wales could probably have. Mm. Especially if you got Lee off penny to kick the goals. But they played Bath played, you know, good wet weather rugby. Yeah, they were smart. They were as as said last week. They just they they're becoming more crusadersy by the week. <laughs> yes, they absolutely. They are, will yeah. just fucking carry on being. Yeah. They'll adapt to the conditions. They'll be unglamorous. They'll just. Well, there's just loads of times. Do... It's happened probably about three or four times this season already. Where you get to the end of the game and go. I, I, what what just ha- I don't know how, I don't know what just happened. How did they yeah. just win that game? I, everything yeah. I saw of that game suggested that result should never have happened, and it keeps happening. Mm. I mean, they do lose some, and they just <clears throat> but they're just bloody minded with it. Mm. And like that's classic a very Crusaders, good, yeah, and classic. Yeah, it's a very good quality to learn. Mm. Um, oh, what else did I learn? I learned the three um, things I keep learning every week, and I'm going to keep yes. reinforcing it, which is it's definitely about the shirt with Northampton. <laughs> No brew, yes. no clue is a thing. 100%. And it's Gloucester's year again. It is. 
because they won 127-4 or something, didn't they, on Thursday yes, against Argentina? against somebody. Yeah, yeah, I know it's Challenge Cup, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares. They certainly didn't care. Anyway, so yeah, I'll um, just leave it there. So what did you learn? Uh, I learned that uh, Owen Watkin will probably be starting at 12 for Wales before the Rugby World Cup. Yes, handy. Fuck me, what a talent he is, and a big lump. How old is he now? And he's got good... Uh, he's like 19, 20, something wow. like that. Yeah, you look look at the fucking size on him. What did you learn from that Ospreys game? Do we, should we go into um, that? I don't really know. Has it changed anything about what you've learned before? I suppose. I mean, it's learned. It's, what it did learn is that Gruff Reese's attacking game plan works only when you've got a big lump like Owen Watkin mm. at twelve. When you try to make James Hook be the crash ball twelve in that scheme, it doesn't work. No. But you put, you know. Whatever he is, six foot four, nineteen stone, Owen Watkin in there. All of a sudden, they're getting over the game line and they look relatively decent again. Um, and I also learned that every good Ospreys performance is just ashes because it's fucking one more year added to that bastard's contract. Always <laughs> oh, calling him a bastard now, ladies and gentlemen. It's got to that uh, point. Well, you know, it's. It, I still think there's. I want them to be good. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed them giving Saracens a very tough game on the weekend, although I still at no point thought Saracens were going to lose. Standard. Um, yeah, standard. Like you, we all knew what was going to happen. But yeah, it was a, a, a more pleasing performance than I've, we've had in about two months. They still only won one game this season, though. So... Um, well, yeah. That's what I learned this weekend. Quinns look like they're in a permanent state of arguing whose turn it is to do the washing up. <laughs> they've they all lived in a house together. If they all lived yeah. in a house together, it looks like they've all fallen out over some Massively chore. Massively so. Yeah. They basically what's happened is they've got somebody's invited their younger brother to stay. Yeah. And uh, and he's, act, he's but, acted the cock. He's acted the cock, and they nobody was consulted on this. And uh, and yes, Marcus Smith is the younger brother in this this analogy, obviously, because look at him. Um, yeah, and yeah, they've just all massively fallen out. Or you know, somebody's agreed to split the bill fifteen ways. Somebody keeps yeah. turning the eating on in the afternoon. Yes, yeah, they're not in college. But everybody else, else. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've got the afternoon off, and they stick the heating on full blast. And they're like, what the fuck? And they're leaving every fucking light on. It's like Blackpool fucking illuminations in this house. <laughs> oh, man. And all this of that, what... that's what they look like. Yeah, that takes me back, that. It really does. <laughs> um, other things I've learned. Um, World Rugby actually really needs to sort out the way that the proceeds of test matches are divided. Because yes. apparently... Have, have you only just Samoa... learned that one? <laughs> Well, yeah, but Samoa <laughs> might file for bankruptcy before their England test next month. Wow, really? I've not seen that. Apparently so, because they're so financially fucked, and yet... It's not like you couldn't see this coming either, is it? Well, exactly, but, like, England and all of these, like, big Northern Hemisphere... Like, the home team is under no obligation to share any proceeds with visiting teams for the matches that they're putting on. And for me, that's, like... Particularly when it comes to these like tier two nations who are basic let's not beat around the bush. They're there to turn up, get battered, <laughs> and go home. And like I'm reading a book at the moment about like college football in America and like the big like college programs over there basically pay 
like to fill out their schedule, they will pay shit small schools. Yeah, the Division Three like, school to come and get a pay stint, basically. Yeah, they will basically sacrificial lamb. They will say, "We will pay you fucking half a million dollars to come to our stadium and let us have a run out against you." Yeah, yeah, get absolute, get an absolute tuning. We'll get a nice tick on the win sheet, and you will probably get as much money as you will make in two years for playing one game, and. Like That's, it should, it's like, the weird thing about American sport that in the most hyper capitalist country, it's probably the most egalitarian sporting model you've ever seen, isn't it? Even though the salaries are massive and stuff, forget that. It's an incredibly egalitarian model. Yeah, it's so baffling so in some ways. But like it's such bollocks that like England don't say, Well, we don't need like hey, have fifty percent of the gate because you're coming here essentially yeah. I to, mean, maybe... to allow us to put on a fucking game. You're, like they're not do- who's doing who a favor here. Samoa, England aren't doing Samoa a favor. Samoa are doing England a favor by giving them some fifteen warm bodies to fucking play against before they've got to play the fucking All Blacks. It's yeah. I mean, I don't know, like fifty percent, but there is certainly something you could agree to say, or even if yeah. you don't do that, that you basically agree to do something else. We will fund this. Play the fucking you, return leg. Yeah, if you agree to come over five times in the next X number of years, we will. Um, yeah, you know, fund some kind of development program. Yeah. Or, I mean, we will play. We will play a test in Samoa. Would that be so fucking mad? Can't because of the insurance. Which they remember. never have, by the way. Yeah, you can't because of the insurance. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, and there's got to be a way to even this shit out because, like, it's, it's the Samoa Rugby Union going bankrupt is just would be an well, absolute. Travesty for rugby. An enormously, enormous travesty, and they have to step in and do something because a game without Samoa is a game without its um, heart, really. I think. Yeah. You start losing these Pacific Island nations, because, and you know then... that sounds a bit patronising, by the way. It's but it's not true. meant to be. It's it's you know that's really what rugby's all about, isn't it? Yeah, and oh, it make, it pissed me right off. Anyway, I mean, still um, that they can all move to England and play for England, can't they? Well, yeah, that is the other option. Or France. I mean, France are setting up academies on the Pacific Islands now, so, you know. That's, I mean, you know, uh, that is just, like, absolutely wide open, not even trying to cover it up, shithousery, isn't it? Oh, That's just so. the biggest shithouse trick in the world. They're literally pickable. building a building and a pitch over there with, like, shithouse written on it in big letters. <laughs> yeah, the shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> the shithouse. What a shithouse trick this is, by the way, yes. in massive letters. <laughs> Oh no! It, I, it's more. Oh, yes, boils my piss. What else did we learn so. this weekend? Leinster. Um, I learned. Well, sorry, no, uh, sorry, Victor Vito's Spider-Man. Apparently, that's just that was just stupid. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous. Part of me didn't want it. Doesn't. Part of me doesn't even want to see it because it just warps too many. You know, things I've accepted know, as normal. So wrong. It's too, it changes too much. It's like a. Par- it's like when they split the atom or something. It's like a paradigm yeah. shift. I'm not ready to to take on. No. Yeah, but it was glorious. Um, oh, it was, it was incredible, yeah. What more can you say? Leinster look tidy, that's what I learned. I mean, I know we know this anyway, but they do yeah. increasingly look very, very handy. In Glasgow, I suppose you can imagine look what they look like in terms of their development stage at the minute. Yeah, I think with Glasgow, this is probably perhaps a year too early for them. Yes, and there's, the no, big, there's big no shame thing. in that, is there? No, no I mean, the thing, the thing is that I talked them up before the tournament, which is obviously where things were. If you remember, we did wrong. talk them up and then we looked at their pool and we both went, oh. Oh, we yeah. Revised that. But yeah. <laughs> Equally. And Exeter are a good example of how mm. if you get some experience, 
you become a different European offering altogether because that was yes. a, a fabulous performance. <laughs> they blatantly, yeah, they could go all the way this year, but they've got to get out of their pool first. And yeah, winning the game, winning away at Montpellier is very good, but I just, yeah, that pool is an absolute motherfucker, and anything could happen there, to be honest. And also, it's, it's yeah. It's very exciting. Probably not if you're an Exeter fan. It's probably <laughs> you're thinking, why the fuck can we be in the pool with Teresa or Ospreys or somebody shit? Yeah. But yeah, it's then, it's uh, get out of that pool and you could win the whole thing though. That probably is something. Somebody from that pool is probably going to do the business, aren't they? Or at least get to the final. The um, yeah. What was the goal? Well, you'd have to get to the final to go straight to the semis. But uh, the point mm. is, is that. Uh, Leicester as well. I don't understand Leicester anymore. They've become a team I don't recognise. It's weird, isn't it? And, and with Johnny May at the helm. Yeah. it's They're odd, and I'm not sure I'm a fan of it. Who are they playing this was... weekend? Uh, cast. Yes, they were playing cast. That's right. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Yeah, you just... Oh, I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, so... right. Well, have we done what we learned for the weekend? Have you got anything else? Uh, no, yeah, I'm done. Okay. We haven't really done the Challenge Cup. Who cares? No, nobody cares. Krasny are uh, 14, one, Edinburgh one good... 73. I do like that. Yes. And uh, I also enjoyed the weird mascot of that game. Yeah, that weird somebody did draw it. I thought it was slash... a panda, but it's a polar bear. Oh uh, yeah, somebody should tell them polar bears don't have black ears. I mean, they're Russian. They probably know better than me, but I don't think they do. They probably like just... I think it's a national sport in that part of Russia where you actually catch polar bears and like colour their ears in with Sharpie. Maybe. And see if maybe. you can do it without getting killed. High, That's probably, high risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Siberian kabaddi. <laughs> Which is essentially what you know teams are going out to play Krasny are, are doing. Is a sort of weird Siberian kibadi because I'm not entirely sure that it's rugby and whatever I'm not sure it is. Even Krasny are even exist. I think it's some kind of elaborate ruse by the Russian mafia yes. to get people hashtag out there. Fake, hashtag fake news. <laughs> well, one what last I mean, thing. Speaking of fake, going on with Edinburgh. Oh yeah. By the way, like Magnus Bradbury getting suspended for falling over when pissed and concussing himself and John and Hardy's now, got himself in trouble and John Hardy's got himself for allegedly doing coke which oh, well, is uh, that's what's been said full... on social media but we've got no, nothing that to back that up BBC Scotland understands that somebody basically saw him doing coke and uh, well concerned... they do say that you know a concerned member of the public <laughs> gave it the full <laughs> they do say that rugby union tends to follow rugby league about five years later so it's no great it's so basically true. a massive are... rash of cocaine abuse is just what the sports <laughs> we all do it let's face it I, I like to call it going the full Justin Harrison but I mean <laughs> yeah well that entire bad squad basically yeah yeah basically um, uh, yeah I thought Cockrell was supposed to be like a hard ass disciplinarian and it just feels like the wheels it probably is that's why they turn into coke <laughs> It's the only way they can deal with it. Yeah. And anyway, sorry, speaking of hashtag fake news, Benetton nearly beat Toulon. Toulon. I know. How weird is that? I mean, it made me weirdly happy because they were li- they were literally winning with 80 minutes on the clock. And Ashton then somebody had to get fucking 
That's yeah. You know, that let that be a lesson to you. Ashton at fullback <laughs> didn't see the game, but I'm sure he must have fucked something up. Oh, definitely. You don't concede 29 points to fucking Treviso and the fullback. That's a fabulous game. <laughs> right then, that's kind of what we learned. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans, <laughs> to get in the kitchen and calm down, or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due. You're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay. Or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text Get Help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Yes. Just a quick update on a Cuthbert Police on Cup, shall we? Yes, very exciting in that they lost because that's what teams with the CPC should do. Yes. Which does mean that it's successfully navigated its little European jaunt so and happy. is heading to France for the foreseeable future. Till at least January, isn't it? Uh, something like that, yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be roughly... When's the next... December's the next Challenge Cup thing. Oh, is so it? They It'll prob- be somewhere they're around probably playing. They're probably playing Worcester at some point in that, but... Well, they might have won a game by then. Who knows where it could be? Yeah, exactly. If if Oyanar turn around and win a game at some point in the next couple of weeks, then all bets are off. Yeah, they lost 38-13 away to Breve, did Oyanar. And uh, they got Leon away. Mm, That's a tough one. Yeah, Cast at home. They might fancy that one. They might fancy that one. Then they've got Stard away, which... Fingers fucking crossed, everybody. Jules <laughs> to the CPC. It could cross over to police on, because Cuthbert's oh. had it, hasn't he? Even yeah, for then a they've short got, time. Then they've got Claremont at home, which, given France French rugby, let's not rule anything out. No, well, and the CPC. You you cross the CPC yeah. with French rugby, and you've got mayhem of, of a mm. type even Rob Howley couldn't comprehend. Well, exactly. And then we've got Breve away. And then a double header against Worcester in December. Oh, it's all good. It's basically it's either yeah. in the top fourteen or it's in the Aviva Premiership for the for the foreseeable. And that makes yes. me so happy. I can't really. Ex- I'm so happy. I, know, I could. It's just, I could it's kiss like a rainbow. Weird, it's like the grass is greener. It actually is. <laughs> Don't let anybody we, tell you any different. Yeah, we found it, and it is anyway. Uh, one thing I will say, Lawrence Hooper got in touch on Twitter at Bloody Mud, and he said, uh, well done for the Cup at Police on Cup for sticking at the only French club with a comprehensible Twitter handle. <laughs> it is just like, oh, why are you FC or something? So that's quite good. Uh, it's Oyana Rugby, I think, which is perfect. <laughs> some of them are, and uh, you know, I have to follow these people so that I can keep up with their rugby shirts, and some of their things just make no fucking sense to me whatsoever. It's like an Enigma code. You have to have the crib to work it out. Yeah. Let's do a couple of quick would you rather's before we go on to uh, shit going. Yes. Would you rather be handed off by Nathan Hughes 
or be debriefed by Steve Diamond after a poor defensive display. I mean, when you say handoff, are you talking an actual handoff or the full-on Hulk Hogan choke slam-esque <laughs> thing that he Take did it on? however you want. You know, that is a yes. possibility if you're going to go for the Nathan Hughes option, isn't it? Indeed. I'd like to thank BT Sports for showing that on endless replay and 100% definitely causing him to get cited as a result. Because <laughs> They love it, BT Sport, don't they? Do you think this decision yeah. was controversial? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then somebody at the, whatever they call the fucking EPC or whatever these days is just like, hmm, <laughs> this has been retweeted 17,000 times, so maybe we should look into this. Um, I would rather be handed off by Nathan Hughes. Um, because it, it's just it's literally going to be one second and then bang you're on your ass and maybe you're unconscious yeah whereas a steve diamond debrief that's just like chinese water torture isn't i've it? been in a press conference with steve diamond when he just looks at you normally it is quite terrifying he's a very mm. very intimidating presence mm. um, exactly and I'd, I'd take the split second pain for hours of whinging would you rather mm. have mark robson as your siri voice or never use a smartphone again. <laughs> oh, oh wow! I mean, to be honest with you, I rarely use Siri, so I I will take that. <laughs> but it, that will just mean that I will have to contrive a way to delete it from my phone, just in case I accidentally hit it. <laughs> have it on have, have it on silent at all times. All times. He was on fail. rare form this weekend, Mark <laughs> Robson, with the shit he was talking. Honestly. Uh, I, it's not been a brilliant week. I, I came. There was a point this weekend where I just thought, I think I hate Hugo Monnier more than I hate Stuart Barnes. And Oof, now, now, now that is a strong statement to be making. Exactly, exactly. But he's just so fucking banal, and he says nothing while talking all the time, and it's just oh, he's terrible. He's just got nothing to offer as a because he won't say anything, and it just drives me up the fucking does, wall. Isn't he the Barnes kind of shit? But at least he has opinions. He just is he just there to be the is is he there to be that horrible voice of the fan thing, which is weird because he used to be a professional rugby player, but he does seem to just be an excitable fan voice. Exactly, but there was a period in that Wasps Quins game yesterday where things were going badly for Quins, and I swear he didn't say something for ten minutes. <laughs> Like, it's just, it was just like whoever the fuck was doing the main comms, I can't remember, just going on. And I was just like, isn't the, the colour guy supposed to like interject with something at this point? And I would start like, Hugo's not said this. Oh, is he all right? <laughs> Has he slipped out? Is <laughs> Maybe, maybe he went did, for a piss. Maybe doing Andrew Cotter. Yeah. <laughs> poor Andrew. Do you remember that? Mm. No, remember my poor Andrew, poor Jiffy and. Yeah, Shane poor, Williams and it trying to fill in for the else. entire half. Yeah, and then they found well, Hugh Llewellyn Davis and rolled him in. It was like which which was brilliant, by the way. <laughs> I loved when they brought because it, it was just like, oh, this is nice. Somebody used to calls people wing forwards. But <laughs> he kept going oh. on about where people were born. Yes, and what school they went to. <laughs> That's what I fucking want from my rugby commentary. Yeah, a bit of Bill McLaren, a bit of yeah, a bit of bit of whimsy. That's what we want. Yeah, just tell me where they went to school. Tell me who their fucking headmaster was. Brilliant stuff. Oh, in case you don't know what we're shit. talking about there, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm sure you do. But if you don't, it was God. When we talking now? About four years ago. Easily, yeah. Six Nations. It was Wales versus I can't remember now. Italy. Wales I think. versus Italy. Basically, Andrew Cotter yeah. got caught very unwell at a leg it from the commentary box. Yeah. And then 
Jiffy filled in for the rest of the half. Then they found Hugh- where did they find Hugh Llewellyn Davis? He's probably he was doing, doing some... the S4, He was doing the S four C coverage. Oh, of course, I was going to say he must have been in a corporate job, must have been doing something else. Yeah, I love no, that. I love I that. Doing... I love the fact that he just went. What the BBC want me? Right, fuck off S four C. See you later. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Jiffy did it for most of the first half, and then uh, and Shane Williams was basically like, oh, oh. <laughs> He's, uh, he's he's run there. Very good. Yeah. Well, like, Gavis came in, did all of that brilliant whimsy stuff, and then when yes. they showed the highlights, he'd re-recorded everything. It had all gone. Yes. They made him do it yeah. again. Bollocks, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think they just left Gwyn- Dr. Gwyn to do the S4C one, to be honest, which oh, is right, okay. fine. Fine. <laughs> he wouldn't have been paying attention to the game. He'd just been talking exactly. about everything that's exactly. wrong with Welsh rugby while the game was exactly. going. So there was no discernible real change for the s4c viewers but anyway that was what you say we get off on oh, tell you i think what. we were about to do shit good aren't we, we were we're about to do shit good yes we are yes uh before we start shit good properly ben mason got in touch on twitter at blood and water and he said surely shit good needs to be renamed shite house good this week after <laughs> ben's performance we've covered that but yeah i can see where you're coming i like it it's a good one ben should we do shit first uh, yeah, go on then. Let's end on a happy note. Um, shit. Mm. Gareth Davis's brain. Rare, yes. Like, people have been, I'm going to say it again, getting themselves all a froth about that try and the miracle offload to Steph Evans. But for me, that doesn't change the fundamental fact that Lee Halfpenny is on his shoulder screaming at him with a clean run-in to the try line, where all he has to do is just pop it to his right, try, and what does he do? He tries to run over the top of Anthony Watson, doesn't get there, and then relies on a fucking miracle offload to Steph Evans to score the try. It worked, though, didn't it? It worked, but it's a constant ridiculous problem for him, and it's a big reason why Wales are going to miss Reese Webb. He is thick as shit. He he has a touch of the Danny Cares, doesn't he? Massively so. You can't be such a selfish shit at test level. Like, he's lucky that Steph Evans basically didn't give up on the play and stayed on his shoulder. Like, a couple of people said, oh, he knew he was there. Like, fuck did he know he was there? He flung it up. He heard the call after he was already on his ass and flung it up in the air in the vain hope that something would happen, and he got fucking lucky. And if it weren't for that, the Scarlets would have been beaten even more comprehensively than they actually were. So, yeah. So there you go, anyway. ladies and gentlemen, snatching misery out of a try of such joy. That's jo- that's <laughs> this podcast be- for you. It was a beautiful try. It didn't need to be. What else have we got here? Shit from Twitter. We got Dan Ireland got in touch. And he's... No, sorry, that's the wrong one. Uh, Tiago Suarez... This is a great one. Tiago Juarez on Twitter. Ooh. I really hope that's his real name, Tiago. I Thank you. I doubt it, but I hope oh, it is. I reckon it is. It, it, even if, anyway... He said, uh, Rabbis Slamani for generally being a cheating bastard. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the entire, kind of like, Castrus, uh, not the, the entire Rochelle thingy-majig were just bastards. Uh, Clermont, sorry. Yeah. For be, um, were just horrible bastards, aren't they? That's yeah, why they're very said, good. How's he not been cited on Twitter? Rugby Inside Line said, how's he not been cited? To which Reese not responded with, it's due to the World Rugby Rabba Slamani Immunity Clause, <laughs> which we all know. It's there. It's at the end. It's yes, on the last page. People never it's turn not... to the last page. No, they don't. And they say, it's, by the way, none of this applies to Rabba Slamani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
speaking of French teams in shit, yes, Stade Francais, the absolute fucking state of them. <laughs> losing to Siberia one week is one thing, but losing at home by getting dicked at home by London Irish, fucking hell. It's quite clever because he managed to lose literally in Siberia last week, and they've lost yeah. kind of figuratively in Siberia this week because that's yeah, a cold a med- place to be. In a mental and emotional Siberia this week. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, true. Let's They are the reigning Challenge Cup champions. Yes. And well, they I know are the get... Challenge Cup is what it is, but even so. It is. But they are, They still shouldn't be getting humiliated by the worst team in the English Nobody top Nobody should be getting home. humiliated by London Irish. No. Emphatically not. Ugh. Yeah. Also shit, actually. Mm. The first 60 minutes of Munster versus Racing. There's yeah. one for a purist, and then there is nil-nil after 60 minutes for the purists. Jesus. We do love the return, the, the, the gigantic t- titular return of Ian Keatley, though, don't we? Well, obviously. You know, that, there's, but... you know that's, there's a lesson. There's hope for all of us. <laughs> exactly. You too can have nil-nil <laughs> after 60 minutes in a... <laughs> Uh, what else have we got here that's that, that shit? Andy and Brum got in touch. He said, shit, Northampton, shitter, Northampton's kit, shittest, Northampton have a defence coach, believe it or not. <laughs> Question mark, I would say. I do feel very sorry for Courtney Laws. He's doing the Lord's work in the middle of all <laughs> he is, that. I he mean, really he is. is. It's, it's him, and that's about it, really, isn't there? Like, Where do you stand on the heart? Have you seen the Hartley thing? Uh, I think you might be in trouble. Yeah, I, I think was, again. I think like, it was a fair enough yellow card. You can't do that, and given his disciplinary record, he'll probably get banned for a week or two. Because like I said, but he, we say, look at it from the the right angle. He was obviously going to get the guy who stood up. The guy moved, yeah. he missed, and he was swinging his arm, ended up whacking the bloke. And yeah, that could never be planned. It doesn't have to be planned, is what I would say. No, as soon as you start swinging your arm like that and flying in, you're going to get accused of yeah. being reckless. And the thing is, do I agree with that? I think probably not. However, again, it's that you have to take some responsibility for the fact that the laws have changed, and it's yeah. that's the way it's going it, to be. Yeah, it's it's that everybody knows what the rules are, and and that's that. That's that. Yeah, you might not like them, and I'm sure players don't like them. But and I'm not sure I like. It's going to be a very short but career. It doesn't yeah. change. That's what they are. Yeah, and you've got to play by them. You know, I don't like the new ruck rules. I'm sure most players don't either, but that doesn't mean that they can just ignore them and just go, well, you know, it's not a ruck. I don't like Stuart Barnes, but I have to listen to him. This is just, you know, this is this is the way the world is now. Yeah, there are things, there are immutable things in this world that we have to tolerate, and that is one of them, unfortunately. What else have we got this shit? Uh, Castro's defence. Oh, I haven't got a soundboard. Hang on. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's gone now. It's gone. Good and you actually that. said Castra there, so it's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah I should have said cast, shouldn't <laughs> I? And then you've been right on it. Um... Yes. Um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, 70% tackle completion. Oh, percent yeah. wasn't it 59% end? at one point? It was at one point, yeah. They pulled it back towards the end. He missed 28 tackles. I'm glad I didn't watch it. It would have ruined my weekend. Oh, yeah, it was it 100% would have. They were a shambles. Um, oh, but also, then Leicester's defence in the last 15 minutes. What? The, what any, ship yeah. three tries and give them a bonus point in the last 15 minutes, lad. Fucking hell. No, I know. What else have we got that's shit here? 
uh, Jay Wood got in touch with shit. He said, Dane Cole's clearing out Curran Drowney by swinging a shoulder into his head on minute 60. Um, and then somebody else responded, I can't remember what I said, that basically, if you strip away the Hollywood stuff, he's a bit of a shit, Dane Cole's, but he's a hooker. Hollywood yeah, all your he's life. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a shitbag. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you met Dylan Hartley? Yeah. He's cleverer well, at it than Dylan Hartley, though. It's yeah, Richie McCall that's thing, what, that's it? what That's what sets, you know, good cheaters apart from bad cheaters. It's like they they get away with it. And Dane Cole's, for all of his other qualities, is also quite a good cheater. He is. Ian Ross said that shit was Toulon. Yes. Oh, yes. And Robbie Alexander said that shit was the distinctly Scottish feeling of having to downsize your hopes of the Autumn Internationals as the injury stroke nose candy suspension list skyrockets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad that Townsend's actually delayed his squad announcements when he figures out what he... the fuck he's going to do. Yes, he did, which, I mean, you've got to feel for him in that regard. It's like injuries you can expect, but... Yes, yes. I mean, to be fair, Cap- actually, I was fine... one of your... Like captain of one of your two teams, going out getting hammered, falling over and cracking his head on a fucking paving stone or something, and giving himself a concussion. That's not what you expect to be having to deal with, really. From this pod's point of view, though, as Fee as Fee on Twitter pointed out, it's fantastic news because it means the Mish will definitely be starting. Oh yeah, without any doubt. I mean, John Barkley's injured as well, so I mean, he is quite literally the in final. Fact, the Mish will be filling in all three back row positions at once. By the yeah. sound of things, he will basically be he'll be doing that sort of occupying three places at once sort of thing. It'll be fine. Have we got anything else that's shit from your end? Uh, I think that's me for shit. So uh, what have we got? We move on. What have we got that's good? Dan Ireland good. got in touch on good, and Dan Ireland said, "This is what I got mixed up with before." Sorry, Dan. He said that good is Exeter playing like a proper Euro team. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and all, and and from that, it's every week now with this guy. But Henry Slade, he really is a class apart. Like, yes, his passion, the vision, the passing is streets ahead of anybody else who's got designs on the England thirteen shirt at the moment. I'd say he looks phenomenal. And there's no outstanding candidate for the 13 shirt, really, I don't think. No. So he's, 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 he's timing his he's run it. quite well. I mean, Daly might be one, but I think he's going to be stuck on the wing, Daly. I think yeah, he's... I think he sees him as a winger, to be honest. And, yeah. Um, and once again, um, Don Armand was amazing. Thank God was. that his yeah. you know, Zimbabwe X-Factor adventure exactly. came to an end. Exactly. Thank God that didn't pan out for him, otherwise Exeter <laughs> would have been fucked on the weekend. Well, have I got Just don't take him to a karaoke bar afterwards. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, you, don't, you don't want to see that. No. Uh, tired and emotional. Um, what have I got that's good? Reese Ruddock. Yes. Uh, hell of a shift. Hell of a shift. Hell of a game. But people talk about the Victor Vito thing quite rightly, right? But it was a point hmm. in that game where, where Reese Ruddock was running with the ball towards a left touch line. As he was running, he shifted the ball from his right hand into his left hand so he could hand off the fella. And then he reversed past with his left hand behind his back. Yeah, that was what. Now that was actually. all very exciting and all that kind of. But actually, it just shows a kind of intelligence. On top of all his incredibly punishing carrying and all that that he did, and general work mm. rate, it just shows he's a fucking good rugby player. He Gut- is gutted um, much as a Welsh person. Yeah, we're not short of good back rowers, to be honest. But he is a very, very good player. And I mean, Ireland aren't short of good back rowers either. That's why he's, well, he's not, not got yeah, that many caps. Yeah, indeed. He would have been whichever he played for. I think he would have been a bit caught being between a rock and a hard place, to be mm-hmm. honest. Because, mm-hmm. but yeah, fantastic but, game. But, 
for Leinster at that level, he is absolutely fantastic. What have you got, Spe- Scott? Yeah, speaking of good at that, that level, uh, Sam Cross. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, won a silver medal for uh, GB at the Sevens, lost whenever it was, the year before last. Wasn't even supposed now, to be. Yeah. yeah, signed for the Ospreys this summer. Had never played a. Um, never started a 15s game at pro level before. Um, wasn't even supposed to be in the squad on the weekend, but Lydia and Tipperick both dropped out of the warm up because I think they didn't fancy it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just thought, fuck this, lad. This is going to be horrible. Um, but he was. He was into the straight into the starting lineup, started at seven and was fucking brilliant. Yeah. He, I mean, he finished the game on the wing and scored. He oh, was it's an all court performance. Yeah. On well, the carpet expect... at the Allianz. Yeah, as you'd expect from a sevens player, really. But the fact is, he was really good around the park. He tackled his fucking bollocks off. And, you know, I didn't really, when we signed him at the summer, I was just like, oh, okay, we'll fuck off to in December to the sevens and we won't see him ever again. But I hope he doesn't because he so looks you, like he could have a proper future in 15. You've replaced which... one promising Sam with another. Exactly. Maybe. What else have I got that's good? Peter Horn for Glasgow, who looked really good. And then also, I think this would, depends on where you look at it, but I think it was ab- his blatant taking out of Johnny Sexton on the runaround. <laughs> one of the best things I've seen for ages. It was just like, I'm not fucking having this. I'm just going to run yes, out there. And... Enough. Enough of this. <laughs> yeah. Let's stop this. It was Somebody has so to make a blatant, stand it's So brilliant, yeah. <laughs> this shit will not stand anymore, and I'm going to go deal with it. Yeah. Um, Gather good for me. Uh, Nemani Zolo for that finish. Holy yeah. shit. You know, I'm leaving ridiculous. aside all his size and all that stuff, which we talked about last week, his finishing is... Outrageous. You know, yeah. And also... Um, What's his face? The wasp swinger whose name has just escaped me. Christy uh, Bass- uh No, Josh Bassett. All right, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. His Sorry. finish was really good as well. Just like having the strength and the presence of mind just to sort of almost scoop it over the top and dink it down. was It was a good weekend for good finishes. What else have we got? Tell you what was good, absolutely. But Jerome Garces' his trainers. Did he see him? <laughs> I did not see that. He was wearing blinging purple trainers to referee the match. Oh, Jerome. He does not give a fuck, that bloke. I absolutely no. love him. He's brilliant. No, he is. The man is... Uh, and actually, fair play to him. Properly a de- you know, I think he's a very good ref as well. Yes. Equally good from a ref point of view. Uh, Joy Neville making her debut running the line in the Champions Cup on the weekend against oh, uh, Montpellier versus Exeter. Um, not, it's, it, it's good that I didn't even clock that. Because well, exactly. it shouldn't be an she issue, just, should it? Yeah. No, it shouldn't. It's about time we had female refs at the top level. And I think she's doing a couple of uh, f- like third-tier international test matches in November as right. well. Which I mean, In, in a world where Johnny Lacey's a test ref, I'll take her from anywhere. Can we not well, train a guy dog for the blind to do it or something? Or, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take anything on at this stage. Yeah, like mean, a chimp or she, something. Can a chimp not do uh, it? She's already definitely better than Marius Matreya. So, <laughs> yeah. Damning with uh, faint it, praise indeed, but we'll move <laughs> forward anyway. Um, I think it's for me. Uni Antonio, God, he's a big lump. He is a big lad, isn't he? <laughs> he's like, I'm still not entirely convinced about him at test level because he's a big fatty. He can offload as well. 
he can offload and he is impossible to scrummage against the club <laughs> level because he's just this he is literally like somebody is like decanted concrete into the bit of the scrum in front of you there is no shifting him Ulster were just like uh, this isn't that <laughs> you come on and have a fucking go I've got no idea I'm knackered and I've not moved forward all yeah. game I've literally just stood here unable to move anything <laughs> I'm like a bird in a high wind flapping like fucking going nowhere <laughs> exactly that what have we got that's good from Twitter Dean Blackmore going to it's a good Ellis Genge smashing everything in the French team that Leicester played against shirt so he'll be able to do the uh, the song again but he's um, but yeah Genge has very quietly been an outstanding Lou said this this year actually he really has. I mean I don't think he's going to dislodge Marler or anything from the England team but there's that there's something about that carrying ability and he, he'll, he'll still be in the squad I think and, and Marler's got sighted again so oh yeah Hell. and he was having a row with, wasn't he having a row with Haskell I've seen a bit of footage of that Probably. pre-game it didn't look Probably. like it was going very well uh, Nick Alcorn got in touch on Twitter and said, good for him was Larochelle looking like a standard, fat, oversized top 14 side, but playing like the All Blacks. Yeah. Well, they've basically just gone, right, bring me all the Fijians and the Samoans, and they can do the flash shit, yeah. and we will get Not some... Not bother about conditioning them. Just bring them yeah, in. Yeah, don't worry about conditioning. It's fine. Yeah. And we'll get some absolutely horrible bastards to do the pushing, <laughs> and... It'll be fine. Hey, it's and a it's game gone plan. Very well. As long as, it's you know, gone extremely well for them. I've, I'm an England fan. I've spent years not knowing what a game plan looked like. You know, the, at least having one is, <laughs> is a way forward. It is at least an idea. Yeah, got to give it to them. Tim Cottrell got in touch on Twitter and he said, "Good, is it Die Young?" Is back in a suit. Yes, he is, and and winning commences. Yeah, incidents. As I David Tweediatrix also said as well, said Da Young's back in formal attire and Wasps win. And they looked a lot more like themselves. I mean, Quinns they were dog like shit. Yeah, but... we've been we've done, we've been there, but you've still got to be, yeah. you've still got to put it away, haven't you? Yeah, they looked a lot more like their old selves again. What else have we got? That's good. Oshin got in touch, mentioned Victor Vito's obscene take, obscene take oh, pass. Filth. Home. And uh, Simon Zebo's outrageous pass attempt, and shit was Keith Hill's <laughs> dropping it. Pass you know. attempt. <laughs> yeah, but shit, but Keith Hill's <laughs> dropped it. So you know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, you've got to think about the ingredients that you're working with there. <laughs> As a final thing, we'll go back to shit very quickly. Jason Brown got in touch on Twitter. This is very true. This he said, shit is Lee Burns' slow drip feed of extracts from his book, making him sound like that twat in work who never stops going on about his mate's st- crazy stag do. <laughs> There has been a, it does. I have been reading quite a few of these, and a lot of them are basically just oh, we're fucking we mad. Got fucking, yeah. yeah, we're fucking mad us. And they want to sit there, love, Rob, and mad us. You want to sit he's over claiming there. that Rob Owley bullied him, basically. And the how is that? How is it, that even possible? Well, yeah, but the subtext of it is basically that he was on Rob Howley's shit list because. He used to go out and get fucking battered with Mike Phillips and Jerry Collins all the time. And it's like, I don't, I'm not often on Rob Howley's side, but in this scenario, it's like, yeah, if you're a professional rugby player and you're going out and getting absolutely fucking smashed on the regular and coming home and being sick all over yourself, 
or whatever. Yeah, just getting smashed it's is prob- okay. It's the being sick yeah. all over yourself is a step too far. Well, it's, get, it's fucking throwing up in the back of a taxi, not knowing who you are, and then have the taxi driver threatening to go to the papers with it because you forgot you've lost I'm your all, wallet. I'm always amazed how much people still lap this shit up. It's all, it's all yeah. the same story, isn't it? The one, the story that I did enjoy, and I will, re- I loved it, was Jerry Collins, basically just being an Olympic level pisshead when he was at the Ospreys. Why would and he just... be? He was never taking that seriously, was he? And why would you? Why would <laughs> you know he's been a fucking All Black for Christ knows how many caps? <laughs> exactly. But the fa- the fact that he got so smashed and that they woke up, he was in someone else's house. He was really hungover. They had to go to training on Monday morning, and so rather than get his training kit from his house because they were so late, they stopped at a sports shop on the way and Jerry Collins bought an entire set of Osprey's training kits. So was it Sports Direct? Know. He got it at like 40% discount. God knows. But he literally went into a sports shop, bought an entire head-to-toe set of Osprey's training gear and then went into the training as normal. As My if. mate went out with Will Greenwood once because they had common acquaintances and when Greenwood got up they ended up in a house <laughs> drunk and when Greenwood got up the next morning he literally said have I punched anybody? No. Have I broken anything? You put your hand through that door right, here's 50 quid, I'm sorry and have I, have I, still, got, have I still got my wallet and stuff? It was literally one of those. Right. Anything else yes. from you that's good? Um, or shit? Reese Hodge. Right, yes. Um, he might be the Bernard Foley brain collapse safety blanket Australia have been missing since Matt Gitter retired. Because let's be honest, there's nobody to replace Foley, is there? So you're going to have to no, find a way no. of comfort blankets in way. Yeah. Yes, he did look good. And just, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. I'd good game, Matt. Really good game. It. And, you know, sport's about drama, isn't it? Anything that's got yeah. drama in it, you can live with. Mm-hmm. I think that's us, is it? Yeah, that's a very weirdly poignant way to leave the... Uh, yeah, sports is all about drama. See you next yeah. week, everyone. <laughs> Take care. See you, everybody. Bye. Oh, no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.